1: No such thing as a media band. We don't have a media band. Ah, oh, you do? No, we don't. a... eat
0: He was massive. <laughs> Legs, <laughs> ass, fit, but I burst out
2: laughing. Watching <laughs>
1: the
0: all right. So I'm joined today by two um, injured members of the team. First of all, we have Niall McIntyre in studio. He's he's hurt physically. Um, his arm is in a sling. Uh, how is it now? I think I'm hurt mentally as well, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, do well,
2: you? No, it's not. It's not too bad. Like I, I got a bit of good news on Friday. I went to Limerick to find out if I had to get surgery or not, and um, thankfully I don't have to. But I suppose the biggest pain of all with an injury like this is when you're going to miss out. on my club are in a relegation semi-final now, so it's a very important stage of the season and I'm going to be missing out for that so it's it's disappointing in, in that sense
0: yeah no it definitely is like I mean do you remember the fella hit you blindsided you a bit like John Small maybe and young McLaughlin, <laughs> Owen McLaughlin from Mayo do you remember this lad's name and are you going to seek retribution on this blindsided hit it was very
2: similar to Oli do you remember James McCarthy hitting Nathan Mullins oh, in yeah. that Dublin County Final it was hard, hard he lined you up he lined me up and I know oh, I just kind of picked up a ball near the sideline and I didn't, didn't hadn't looked inside your man came in kinda of nailed me on the shoulder, played on for a few minutes and made it a bit worse then. So but you look, it comes with the territory.
0: Another member of the team, he's not another member of the team is not hurt physically, he's hurt mentally. And that is after Mayo blowing an absolutely golden opportunity to win in All <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> Conor and welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks very much, Willie. Thanks very much How are those guys? Ah uh, well I was about to say if Niall thinks he's in pain he should uh, he's a world away from the <laughs> from the the hurt that I'm feeling uh, at the moment. I know I'm I'm over. I'm over woolly, but um, but probably only just about. I mean, you know, when when you've when you've lose as many as Mayo have, it, it's kind of hard to say which one was the toughest. But, but I think this, this was definitely up there. Like I, I'd say, to be honest, that the fallout is, is probably still ongoing. But it was, you know, the the club is kind of uh, the club is the coming back is kind of taken away from it a little bit. But there's there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of anger kind of floating about. But I think ultimately it's just crushing disappointment. As he said, the opportunity was there and we didn't take it and who knows when we're going to be back there again you
0: know yeah well that's it you take a you take a messed up shoulder any day of the week other than that uh, psychological pain you're... <laughs> <good>. <laughs> so 8 in a row for Ballygunner uh, Niall like I mean this is a domination I always find it funny like I mean you see after the win 8 in a row you, you have other people commenting on it oh this is bad for what for hurling a domination I can see that argument you know what I mean it makes sense it gets boring after a while and then you have Ballygunner argument where they say here lads it's not our fault all you have to come up to our level don't blame us because we're re- Really good, and I can kind of see that argument as well. So, like, who's right and
2: who's wrong here? Yeah, I seen Daryl Sullivan, the Ballygunner manager, was he was trying to say that like it's not a bad thing for Waterford hurling that that's raising the standards. And as he said, like the Waterford team probably are at their highest level in in the last long time. Like so, and like a, a big part to play in that is the what Ballygunner are doing, like and the amount of players that they have on this county panel. Like I was just looking at their team yesterday, and Connor Power, he was only brought on as a sub and a few years ago like he was scoring goals all around him and you're looking at him as a potential player for Waterford like but it just shows the strength and depth in Ballygunner and i suppose the strength and depth in Waterford too
0: yeah no they're up, they're they're freakily good there's no doubt about that do you have an opinion on whether a domination like there is an argument like i mean they're winning the finals very easily connor but like they could have been beaten in the semi-final by uh, Mount Sion i think in the quarter-final they were run pretty close as well so uh, you know you probably need to know a little bit more about the ins and outs of Waterford Hurling to know how bad or good it is for the county.
1: Yeah, like I think on the surface, I think just kind of looking back over the results that you mentioned there in finals, I think they've won eight in a row and of those eight, I think the closest that anyone got to them was four points in 2015. Like it's, they're not just winning finals, they're absolutely dominating finals and blowing teams away. So, you know, the, uh, like on one hand, that, that 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 maybe suggests something about the level of competition in Waterford. But as you say, Mount Zion ran them very close in the uh, in the semi-final as well. I nearly turned that back on you, Wooly, and, and said, like, what did you? What was the situation like in Leish when Port Leish were dominating all that time was it considered bad for the county, or just considered maybe good for the county team that you such a kind of a. A team that was so prominent at a provincial and national level as well that, that that had to be good for Leash as well.
0: Yeah, well, the same thing. Port Leash had come up to our level, lads, and everyone else complained about it. See, Port Leash was, a, was an awkward one because Port Leash was almost like a Dublin and Leinster situation because we had such a big, much bigger pick than other clubs, and it seemed almost unfair. And the level of interest mm. in Leash football definitely um, was on, on the slide. There's no doubt about that. Port Leash were just winning it every year. And, like, I mean, that's not good. And as it turns out, now port leash aren't winning them they're just in the mix, but it's not because the other clubs have come up to port leash 's level' because Port leash have mm. gone back you know so i don't really know um how to, what to, you know what side to come down on on that on the leash example um, it's much more exciting championship in leash now, but can any leash team Challenge a Dublin team in Leinster? I would say absolutely not. Mm. So, like, I mean, it, it, it's hard to know. Another thing out of yesterday: Stephen O'Keefe retired. I think he retired in the interview after the game because mm. I was, oh, everyone's expecting him back. He took a year out um, to go travelling, and it's an interesting one. He's only thirty. Um, so he said, "I've given it a good nine or ten years now, and that chapter is finished for myself." So he's only thirty. Philip Mahoney's only thirty. He's gone two years. Barry Coughlin's only thirty-one. He's gone two years. All these Bally Gunner lads kind of going. I'm going to take a step out I'm almost guaranteed a county title a run in the Munster Club and that's my year without the hassle of the inter-county I can still enjoy my hurling year with the club that I'm at do you know what I mean? I
2: suppose it kind of shows how high of a level that Ballygunner Gunnar are at like that these lads they may have retired from Watford they're still playing for Ballygunner. and like I was just li- watching that Stephen O'Keefe interview I thought it was just a, it was a really brilliant kind of refreshing sort of an interview Like, like nobody as you said nobody knew he was retired from, from Waterford, but he was kind of content, just slipped it into the conversation there And TJ Carr. No, that's finished now. He kind of just walked off quietly, like. and I thought it was a brilliant interview. But in general, yeah, the, the Bally Gunner lads, like the strength and depth they have, it's just, it's unbelievable, really.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is. the eight weeks now to their Munster Club. With Porik Mahoney coming up on the show um, in part two to talk to us about that match and a little bit about his last year. Funnily enough, Porik Mahoney, Hasn't missed a club championship in the last two years after his ACL. He was out for nine months with his knee, but he missed two inter-county seasons. So that's a very kind of unusual situation. In the relegation match, you might for De La Salle beat Bally Sagart. Bally Sagart are gone back down. Stephen Bennett scored 1-8. Um, so it would have been a big shock for De La Salle to have gone down there. Talking about relegation matches, uh, Connor Dr. Croak's... Versus Killarney, Re- Killarney Legion in a relegation match. What are the chances of this? So, Kenmare Shamrocks beat uh, Dr Croakes. Um, Sean O'Shea scored 15 points out of 17. I think 13 were from Freeze, But, like, you know the freeze he scored, it could have been from anywhere. Mm. Um, like, I mean, Croaks have won seven of the last 11 uh, titles. Obviously, monster titles and an All-Ireland club there as well. And while Killarney Legion were in the 2015 um, final so like I mean this is a huge relegation match what are these two clubs going down to intermediate which is hard to hard to understand yeah it, it's unfathomable
1: uh, really for, for, for Croaks to to be in that situation given um, given their record in All-Ireland club you know in the last few years that we could be looking at them in intermediate but just kind of digging a bit deeper into the results I think they were kind of caught in the hop maybe in the first game and you know just the way the way the, way the group was going they found, found themselves in the relegation playoff whereas Legion as far as you know they were well beaten by Cairns uh, rallies and and Austin Sachs and, and they lost to Dingle as well so you would imagine that the you know Croakes, Croakes would be favorites to win that match and plus the way that the Kerry championship works you know they could lose that match and still get to the county final in the other yeah. uh, Kerry championship which you wouldn't but pass Crokes either so when you add all the elements into the equation i i would be very still very surprised if if uh if Croakes, if Croakes get relegated because it would just be yeah considering their status you know they're 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 one of the the super clubs uh, in Ireland, basically so to see them in an intermediate so soon after you know being at that level would be would be would be yeah it just seems unfathomable to treat me us
0: yeah, Spa drew with temple no. Um, So Spa stay up as a senior team. They obviously avoided the relegation. It was 13-man Temple. No. So Spa kind of mess up East Kerry. I saw David Clifford talking about this. Spa have like eight or nine on the East Kerry uh, panel when they won the county title and maybe four on the team as well. So definitely that's not good news for East Kerry who are trying to retain uh, retain the title? But congratulations to Spa for staying up, uh, staying up in uh, as a senior team. I was in a Moore park last night. Leach beat St Josephs. Leach were impressive in the first half. Um, I thought they played very good football. Scored nine points against the defensive-ish St Josephs, and then they weren't great in the second half, but did enough uh, to win it. But like, I mean, the big talking point about this was kind of farcical situations uh, Niall, before the game. So this this was triple header. In a more park, there was a game at three five and seven, and Port leash arrived there, and the teams at five had a small bit of space in the stand. I was sitting in the stand, the whole stand in the more park it 's five thousand people it was nearly all, especially when you space people out it 's nearly full, mm-hmm. so like I mean, we used to have a situation when the games were behind closed doors, the whole stand would be free, so all all six teams could have their own section of the stand and it, you know it wasn 't ideal, but it it, was, it made sense. they had a covered area. Um, where they could um, tog out. Now the stand's <coughs> full. The the two teams that were in the five o'clock game were using the little small area in the stand that m- must have been cordoned mm. off for the, the teams. Port Leash were out. There was a torrential downpour in Port Leash at about half past five, quarter to six. I was driving in it. Port Leach were outside the centre of excellence, standing under about a foot of shelter with a physio table there, getting treated mm. and getting together in the, in the spills of rain before a game as the center of excellence door is closed with dressing rooms just <laughs> just behind them mm-hmm. like you know like i mean i keep talking about this it's not the first time we talked about it three weeks more of this complete another nonsense yeah it was the picture of the
2: fella getting the rub he was just sitting up no top mm-hmm. on yeah. the physio there like it just kind of hammered home how ridiculous the whole thing is like and like as you said stands they're probably it's probably not the ideal situation like when there's people around you in the stand trying to prepare for a championship game but it's certainly a lot better than getting ready under a gutter in the lashing rain like it was just your picture it just kind of summed up I suppose the ridiculousness of that six people are allowed into the dressing room at a time like, that's never really going to work. Like, do you know no, it's that's, just
0: that's only good yeah. for going in and getting your jersey and mm-hmm. coming out. The team has to be together, right? Yeah. So like I mean, the situation, Connor, was they weren't allowed even go in and get their go they weren't even allowed to go into the dress rooms in sixes until the game out in the field was over. Even though there's four dressing rooms down under the tunnel in a more Park, plus a gym that could have been new, just this stuff—it just makes no sense to me. It's getting very frustrating, and the fact that, like, I got got out of the, got into the car this morning, it was six degrees, Connor. Like, I mean, it's it's we're at winter time now, and like, I mean, mm. the least the GEA could do here is cut these three weeks off and let lads go into a dressing room. And the, the farcical situation. Um it's my last thing to say about this was they weren't allowed to use the dress rooms or they weren't allowed to use the showers, even though the GEF permitted shower use if if necessary or under you know circumstances. You'd wonder you wonder really what have that to. means really. What what does that mean? So they weren't <laughs> yeah, allowed to use the dress rooms. They were sent home in wet, dirty gear, the port leash lads and awful lot and went home, got a shower, headed into town and sat together in a pub. <laughs> like I mean uh, like on what planet does this make sense anymore?
1: Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. The fact that uh that just sums it up the fact that the you know, all the lads there that were huddled under the gutter, as Niall said, getting wet and then they're in the pub, you know, a few hours later. It just uh it it, uh, it makes no sense. Like I, I remember Willie, I, I came on in a junior game a few weeks ago and probably similar to yourself yesterday, there was an unmerciful downpour to the to the extent that you know where the jersey is like an extension of your skin. It's literally stuck to it. You can't you have to get somebody to nearly help you take it off. Yeah. It's that wet. I was fine with me because, like, we were playing in Kajama. I Just literally had to hop in the car and I was up the road. But I was thinking of the, you know, the players of the other team, and they absolutely got saturated to the skin. They all have to hop in the car and drive home for might be forty-five minutes afterwards. So, you know, and we're talking about uh, talking about looking after people's health as well. And I don't think that's that's necessarily conducive to, to 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 being healthy either. So I know, like this, it just like it's not as if the GA hasn't provided for this already in terms of inter-county teams you know, there, there, there was protocol in place to allow inter teams to use dressing rooms. So, I don't know, it's just, is it a lack of trust for those at club level, especially when these guidelines will be going out the window in a few weeks, as you said. So, its but it's just, it took it took a situation like yesterday where you have to see a picture like that yeah. just to see how ridiculous the situation is. Like,
0: I'm surprised more pictures haven't been taken because that picture of a team in a knockout championship match standing in against a wall as tight as they can to stay dry mm. before they go and play a championship match you have to look at the picture to go holy shit I didn't, I'd didn't. i say people didn't really think do you know I'm mm. sure they thought because you had Stevie yeah. MacDonald talking about Kalivi playing they're playing next weekend in Eden Dork and he's in Eden Dark I don't, don't even have a stand like we're going to be out in it but without seeing it do you know what I mean you, 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 just, you just think
2: ah they'll be grand you're nearly getting so used to these sort of crazy things of like people getting togged out in the rain that it doesn't even register with you anymore. Like, it's mm. just, the GA just seem to be, like, that's six, and it's just to be seen to be doing the right thing, like, but it's clearly the wrong thing that they're doing, do yeah. you know, like, because this type of weather, as you said, six degrees getting into the car this morning, that's the type of weather you'll get colds and flus and waiting around for a shower after a game Waiting around in the wet before a game—that's yeah. so the worst thing you could possibly do in this weather.
0: Standing outside for your team talk at halftime, they yeah. couldn't even go in. Like, I mean, like, that's ah, look, not
2: championship—that's pre- not preparation for a championship game. Do you know, like no. thinking of players going out to play a big game and having to stand there in the rain, their gear getting soaked before they even go out. Like, that's just
0: yeah, no, it's completely, it's complete. I, the, I I've heard anecdotally, Connor, whether you can confirm or deny it, that Mayo uh, clubs are completely disregarding these rules and they're allowing the use of their dressing rooms. Can you confirm or deny this? I can neither confirm nor deny uh, whether well, you're trying to get me into it.
1: No, I will tell you what, Willie. I I was at one game. I'll tell you, I was at one game at the weekend, and I watched another on Mayo GA TV. So I I didn't see what happened before the games in you know in either game. What happened with the dressing room situation? But at halftime in both games, one entire team went into the dressing room at halftime, and the other didn't. Right. So like, I I'm not sure why exactly that was. Did the team just decide for themselves that they were going in, and that was that? Um, but you know, I'm i i I'm nearly sure that was the case, not just in Mayo, but probably in clubs all around the co- country as well. Because uh, I don't know, we're just talking about how ridiculous the situation is. So maybe people have taken the matters into their own hands, and in this in this case, I don't have. That much of an issue with them doing it at all. No,
0: no, because it is player welfare at the end of the day. And if a club turned around and said, Listen, lads, go in there and get a hot shower before you go home, like, I mean, that's using your own brain rather than being dictated to. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of interesting results in the club uh, in Mayo. Uh, uh, Bell Mullet, 2 4 to 1 4. Not exactly a classic here. Um, Ryan Donoghue's club, Bell Mullet. And obviously, the Mullet from Bell Mullet, we all know who that is, Willie Joe Padden. So it's good to see them. They beat the defending champions, Knockmore. And Westport beat Casabar Mitchell's again this year. looks like Casabar Mitchell's uh, dominance is a thing of the past.
1: Yeah, well, Mitchell didn't even get out of the group last year. Um, Well, he was the first time in, I think, eight or nine years. Uh, Possibly, no, I think it was since 2007. And Westport were in their group last year, and they beat them well. They beat them very well, actually. Uh, Now, I watched a lot of that game on Saturday. It was a terrible game for about 20 minutes. I think it was one all at the first water break. It was very defensive. But opened up a lot in the second half. Woolley Westport are a class team. I, like, I tipped them to, to win Mayo last year. and I'm tipping them again uh, this year. They were beaten him by Bray in the semi-final, but they were very wasteful last year. So just very strong uh, throughout. Uh, Lee Geegan was he was playing cornerback. Um, he's marking Neil Douglas, who's probably been the outstanding you know, forward in the club game in Mayo the last couple of years. And just didn't give him a sniff and then kicked an inspirational point himself. Fiona McDonough has been in and out of the county setup. He was midfield. He was excellent. Um, And they have a couple of just really standout forwards as well. So they'll be hard stopped. And then, um, Knockmore more. Yeah, Bell Mullet came up from intermediate only a couple of years ago. And uh, I know we talk about, I think it's Akram as the ultimate tough place to go in, um, in GAA, but there's, there's nowhere harder than, than Bell Mullet. It's just like Gale Force Breeze are par for the course. And Bell Mullet know the pitch so well that they know how to deal with the conditions. So it was, I think two, four to one, four. And I think the second half was two points to one, uh, not more. So but yeah, that was a bit like, not more probably firing, firing on all the cylinders that they were this year, but that still is a massive scalp. And then they're also in a group with Charlestown who are coming strong as well. So not more, not more playing Charlestown and they could be out if they don't win in the in the last group game. So that like it's, it's um, it's really. There's a lot of groups like that in Mayo. It's, it's 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 really exciting. It's, it's hard to pick a winner as well.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely heating up. They obviously aren't knockout games. not more still in it, like Connor, like Connor said. In Kenny hurling, uh, Niall, I thought this was a very interesting one. So Lachlan Gales um, beat Roar in his in his In a, in a I got that <laughs> wrong last year. I've got corrected on it, and a year later I forget it again. Nice. Anyways, you have it right. Paddy Deegan's playing full forward. He scored five points from play. Uh, now they scored 325 but I, c- I couldn't believe this I reckon Brian Cody's looking at this going hmm that's a very interesting one you'd be able to play TJ at centre forward all the time a little foil for home Cody in the full forward line Paddy Deegan who would have thought this Yeah I think club full backs and Kilkenny will be telling
2: the feck off down the other end of the field now in the team but um, like yeah Paddy Deegan like I've seen I've just seen he's been playing there all year for Lachlan Gales um, Andy Comerford the former Kilkenny manager the former Kilkenny player and former Kildare manager he's the O'Loughlin Gales manager and he's had Paddy Deegan in there I suppose they've Hugh Lawler as a centre back and they've another big man full back a Tony Forrestal fella so I suppose they're just they've been kind of there thereabouts lacking something in Kilkenny yeah. so they're probably saying do you know we'll try something here and sure Paddy Deegan he's such a big man such a physical player a ball winner He's a type of lad you'd lump all in on top of him, and you'd like it, it'd be hard to beat him to a ball for any full back. Like, and I suppose since Colin Friendly left the Kilkenny well, team, that's what I'm thinking, know, yeah, yeah, like Paddy Deegan, it it would be quite. You don't see it too often these days, do you? Like a player completely changing from a back to especially a full forward, like. But and it's not something you would have seen coming. But the more I think about it, like I think Paddy Deegan, he'd do a job. Like he, like as you said, he'd throw the ball out to own Cody. These sort of fast lads around him. And I think he could do a job there for Kilkenny
0: like. Well, that's it. I see, I was thinking uh, he could do a job, and I'd understand that. It's the five points I can't, I can't mm. get my head around. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, What's your role in there, mate? Are you throwing it around, or are you actually going to be a scoring <laughs> forward? I was reading
2: the report they played Dixborough uh, the week before, Wally, and it was just Paddy Deegan was full of forward. Paddy Deegan didn't get a score. It was just he was causing all sorts of problems for the Dixborough right. full-back. you know, They had a titanic tussle. Um and he was throwing balls out to his fellow forwards. But maybe now he's getting more used to it. Paddy says, I'm going to stick over a few points here now.
0: Who's your man in Tipperary? His name is uh, jumping at me here now. He was a full back to full forward. Shelley, He might be a little bit older. Was it Shelley? He was a hard man, no nonsense, cornerback, fullback who turned full forward. And it was an awful handful. Jeez, Wally.
2: So I'm going to be crucified in
1: Tipperary now for not knowing this <laughs> one. Suppose-
0: Wally, Wo- sorry. I never said as well um,
1: when I was mentioning Westport there, uh, Kevin Kane, obviously former fullback for, uh, for Mayo, is now playing full forward for Westport and has been for the last couple of years and scored, I think, three points from play against Caspar on Saturday and has been playing really well. Um, so just, you know, it's it just the Paddy Deegan example reminded me. So it's, it's obviously not just limited to Kenny.
0: Yeah, we know Kane isn't great under a high ball. Let's go back to another heartbreaking <laughs> All-Ireland 2012, Connor. I'll say nothing, I'll say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Shelley was his name that was his name yeah cornerback no nonsense hard as nails this fella is. listen it's, it was before your time Lyle. don't feel bad about it <laughs> That's okay, it doesn't make only, you any less of a Tipperary
2: I was, man I was only three years of age there around 2000 Woody, <laughs> So I wasn't wasn't too big into the hurling back then
0: Yeah, well all I'll be saying I wouldn't be starting on this Paul Shelley lad anyways Because he looked like he was as hard, um, hard as nails Another bit of news here lads Is Kildare have announced their management team This came out of the blue, uh, Connor, completely Because um, Glenn Ryan apparently the talk is didn't actually want to interview for this job. And everybody was talking that this is Tom Cribbins. And if anybody, if Tom Cribbin doesn't get it, it's Davy Burks. And Glenn Ryan wasn't in the mix at all. And then at the last hour last Thursday... Glenn Ryan agreed to to um, interview for the job he's brought in Anthony Rainbow Dermodary and Johnny Dialis like anyone who's ever won an all-star in Kildare is on this bloody team and you know after so many years of kind of outside managers Kildare have four legends over the team now and kind of I don't know it has excited me a little bit yeah I mean
1: and I think I, I correct me if I'm wrong I think I heard Brian Lacey is involved now as well um which leads me to wonder like how quickly Glenn was able to get these guys together. Was it the thing that he, you know, they'd talked about this in the background for a long time. Or was the thing that the vacancy suddenly became available an opportunity came available last week and he decided to get the band back together. It's like a, it's like the reformation of a supergroup or something like that. But uh, to me, like I, like I'd, I, I would say this is a big boost for, you know, without being, you know, centrally involved in it, I would say it's a right boost for Kildare football because I'd say there's a lot of hurt about the Jack O'Connor stuff. Um, you know the, the way he went about it, it was a little bit uned- unedifying. Um, so I'd say there was a lot of you know disappointment and maybe a bit of anger about you know the whole process. So to get you know you could not draw well whatever Brian Lacey if it's five, but you could not get you know four more iconic names in Kildare football than than the four lads. You know, um, and it's not just it's not just just their names either. Like then Ryan was over the team that. The, uh, the Longford team that beat Mayo uh, way back in 2010, yeah. before the Horan era, Andy Rainbow's manager managed with Carlo Valley and like if Johnny Doyle coaches a good game as as well as he talks a good game on this show, well then you know he's, he's he's going to be a huge addition to the setup as well. So I don't know, like I I without you know having you know huge insight into their coaching potentials, I think it's a big thing for Kildare, and especially you know not, there's nothing wrong with outside managers, but when you haven't had you know a native manager for a long time, it just it, I think it might just get, get, get people kind of, you know, get, get the grow back and, and get the interest back in Kildare. And it's certainly what they need at the moment.
0: I, I think that's important with Kildare, the kind of thrive on momentum. And I don't know, maybe I'm being influenced by the 97, 98 Mikko kind of, you know, the interest in that. And uh, Jack O'Connor didn't really capture that. Yeah. He didn't really like, you know, they hmm. were kind of meh. Like, there was, was there <laughs> much improvement in them in the two years, if we're being honest? Not really. I didn't see mm. too much of it. Like, whereas Glenn Ryan, Anthony Rainbow, Dermot Early and Brian Lacey, and he's got inter-county experience mm. with Tipperary. Like, I mean, that is something that will ex- excite Kildare clubs, excite their fans. And Newbridge will, will be hopping for the first league game.
2: As I proved there a minute ago, Wally, my knowledge of maybe two (laughs) thousand GA isn't all that good, but (laughs) if I was (laughs) asking him four Kildare players, and like you're talking about iconic Kildare players, they're the four lads that you'd name. And like, Glen Ryan... He's managed Longford before, and as we were saying this morning, he managed Round Towers to that big win over Moorfield as well. So he's coming in with a bit of form into the hot seat.
0: Yeah, he is. And I remember, I keep, keep kind of using this as an example, maybe with the online abuse, the time we, the mistake happened on the show with the Eddie Brennan interview. Like, I was kind of at home, really kind of low after that. And the phone rings, and it's Glenn Ryan. And I, I don't know Glenn Ryan well. Like, I mean, I interviewed him maybe once or twice, played against him, and he rang me up to see how I was. He says, don't worry about that old woolly, just stay away from that. Like there are a lot of begrudgers out there. And I was thinking like, he pepped me up. Like imagine what Mm. kind of a man manager this lad is. Like Not only to, the, 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 the way he's able to pep you up, but to identify that lad could do with a phone call. Like, I mean, that's gone above and beyond anything he needed to do there. So I can only imagine how good he would be with his own team. You know, and 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 when you're a complete gentleman like that and selfless like that, players will really respond to that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that—that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing for him to do. Because, I, I like I know you would have played against each other and probably had some massive battles and probably a few words, you know, every now and again. But just to. Just to, ident- just to identify the fact that you mightn't be in a great place, and, and to just to you know, I'll give this fellow a phone call, and if it has the little impact, and it obviously had more of a uh, more than a little impact, but going on what you're saying there, and just that 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 ability to, because um, like I say there, I don't know much about Glenn Ryan's coaching credentials, but like in terms of his math that speaks so much for his man management ability. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's going to be half the battle, and if he's the man, that's everything about. Everything that I remember about Glenn Ryan is inspirational. If he's gonna inspire people, if he's gonna be that good of a man manager and he can look after that side of it and he maybe his anti Rainbow and Brian Lacey to look after the coaching end of it. That just that just speaks um that just speaks volumes for Kildare. But the, the point you make there I think is crucial about Jack O'Connor maybe not getting it. You know, it was a bit mad. there was a bit of apathy about Kildare football, to be honest. And you, whatever happens with Glenn Ryan, you can certainly guarantee that, that won't be the case. Yeah,
0: definitely talking about Jack O'Connor, the man he replaced Peter Keane, released a statement um, in the time since the last show um, he says unfortunately losing the semi-final by one point in extra time to the eventual all around winners led to a decision uh, to end the work that we had started and the momentum we had built I know the players very much wanted us to continue with our project they were the reason I wanted to stay we were a united Kerry team with a great sense of purpose and ambition um, I suppose he's right he lost the semi-final by a point after extra time this will tell you how demanding <coughs> Kerry kind of is as a county and the fact that they have had a lot of success underage has made them even more demanding and they haven't won an all Ireland since 2015 um, which, you know, is starting to really annoy them. He said that the players very want, very much wanted us to continue with our project. Now, Sean O'Shea and David Clifford were on Terrace Talk. I have to say, give Cre- Terrace Talk their Joe, like. I mean, I'd have no chance of getting those two on on the show. Um, I remember asking Sean O'Shea it was his debut coming off. They played Claire um I walked over to him on the field and he just kind of brushed me away. He said, like, Sean O'Shea just doesn't do much interviews. Mm -hmm. And uh, David Clifford, not even after a match, but Terrace Talk with the local pull are able to get these lads on it. But anyways, the point of the matter is Sean O'Shea was asked about it and he said, as players, our job is to go out in the field and play and everything outside that is left to the people in charge in the county board. Now, I suppose if they had made, if the players very much wanted them to continue would Sean O'Shea have referenced that? You know, I suppose it's... I don't think so. Not. I don't think so
2: in this kind of day and age. I don't think county players, and especially young lads,
0: but you see I don't him speak saying, out. But him saying they wanted Peter Keane to continue wouldn't necessarily mean they didn't want Jack O'Connor to get it. Because if, if Peter Keane continued when they gave them the support, that was probably before... You know, there was any other nominations, for example.
2: Yeah, but it would be kind of, would it be interpreted as kind of their longing for Peter Keane? Mm. And, you yeah. know, I'd say the lads probably, regardless of what they wanted, they were just not going to say anything about it. You know, it kind of just brush over it either way, I'd say, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Nile probably has a point, Connor. I suppose if he had said, yeah, we, we were after Peter Keane, the headlines would be players don't want a Connor, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, that that's exactly it. And at that stage, like I know Jack O'Connor
1: hadn't probably hadn't been made official at that stage, but it looked like it was going to happen. So they're probably thinking as well, even though they're the two best players, and Jack O'Connor would be a fool if he's going to, you know, create some sort of divide with the two of them. But they they mightn't necessarily want to do anything that might affect their relationship with Jack O'Connor uh, down the line as well. Like I I heard that said that you know O'Cliff, Clifford and O'Shea might have said something, but what I'd read more into is the rumblings that I've heard since that well, while Peter Keane says we were united and all the players are behind it, I've heard that that might not necessarily be 100% the case. You know, that it would be support, but maybe tentative support, let's say. So I, I, I'd be putting more reading into that, but I'd be with Niall in terms of they don't want to give this, whatever whatever they said, it was given it legs. They yeah. support O'Connor, they support Peter Keane. And by saying what they said, which is essentially, with due respect to the lads, nothing you know, they're just they're just, just ending it there and preventing them from being involved in the story for another few weeks.
0: It's a very difficult one actually for a panel of players. So Peter Keane will go to them, look, lads, we want to stay. Do you mm-hmm. want us to stay? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? What did they say? No. Then they're ousting a manager, like and Mayo players got very bad press for that at the time. So like play play he could be the manager next year. So anyone that says no, you know, it could be involved. Bo- you know, it's a really yeah. difficult one mm-hmm. for players to answer um maybe, you know, honestly. And now maybe he sent them away into a room to come back. But again, he's applying for the job next year. You don't know if he's going Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just a difficult one to, to you know, when he says we had the backing of the players.
2: Yeah, I'd say there's very few players who would say to a manager who could be there next year, no, we don't want you. Like I'd say it's more probably the sound of the silence if players say nothing then that's your no. Like, you know, because they would let you know if they want you to stay on. And like, we we, we don't know what, what, what way it was in Kerry, you know,
0: like it's kind of behind the scenes. Like you just don't know what way it was. So um, yeah. And I'm sure okay. it wasn't terrible. It's not like, you know, that it was a, a a terrible management team. Like it was clearly a decent management team. So maybe the players wouldn't wouldn't have minded that much or a lot of them wouldn't mind. It's, mm. Anyways, listen, we probably talked too much about that Kerry job. Peter Keane's gone at this stage now. Um, another one is that, yeah, so the GPA, Connor, have come in right behind this league championship uh, proposal. And what they have done is they're asking players to lobby their county boards. Um so senior inter-county football squads are to lobby their county board to support the league championship. Support for the B uh, proposal is overwhelmingly um, among players so much now that they're prepared to contact officials to back the motion. I just out of curiosity last Friday rang, a, rang around a few counties and they're all um, none of them have actually met yet. But the individuals mm. that I spoke to were all in favour of the league-based championship. But you don't know what happens. And then you don't know what happens when the county meets and they mandate the delegate, whether the delegate votes the way they tell them to or not, because they can do it in secrecy and they mightn't fancy this at all. Um, so we don't know. But it is interesting, like, the GPA are actually telling, like, imagine, I suppose, the county, the county captain, like the James McCarty or Johnny Cooper going into that county board meeting and saying, lads, this is what... This is what we're after. This is what we want, and the same in other counties. Like, I mean, that w- surely that has influence, um, Connor. Well, like they're the ones that are going to be playing it. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? So surely that should be
1: the prime consideration. But as we've, you know, we've come to see in the past that's not necessarily the case, especially when you know Congress is involved. But I was glad to see uh, the GPA come out because, and 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 I've heard a few players come out publicly and back it as well, and that's important because. You know, the, the worry about this, and I think you might have brought this up last week, Willie, was that not enough, um, not enough kind of light would be shed on how important uh, a decision this is going to be and how how big of an impact it's going to make on, on the football championship for years to come. And the danger being that if we would eventually get to Congress, not enough information is out there, not enough public support is out there for proposal B, and it would just, it wouldn't get the necessary 60%. So, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, logic should dictate that if the players say, and they're overwhelmingly back it, if the players say that they want this proposal, that that's what should go ahead because they're the ones going to be playing it, as I said. But I just hope that's the case because to be honest, I'm seeing I'm seeing plenty of, you know, opposition to proposal B or support for the status quo. I'm not seeing much support for that other proposal A, but I'm seeing a bit of support for the status quo. And the danger is that, that you know, that'll get enough support
0: that, that's what we're going to be stuck with. That's the problem. One man who is completely against uh, proposal B is Brian McAvoy, who's the Ulster secretary. He's going above and beyond trying to rubbish this plan B. So much so I contacted him and he's coming on the show on Thursday. So we'll be able to have, and it, he he pretty much knows from my interactions with him where, where my... Uh, mm-hmm. which side I'm coming down on so it would be interesting conversation between me and Brian have a few bones to pick with him because like I mean maybe he listens to the show and now I'm giving him a a heads up on on what I'm going to say like I mean he says even if we drill down further you're in Division 3 but you end up being relegated to Division 4 then you end up winning the Talton Cup not only are you going to go out not only then are you going to get out of division 4 you're going to be promoted to division 2 how in the name of god could people come up with that so what he's saying if you win the talton cup you get you get promotion right but if you're relegated you don't get promotion you only get you only you're not relegated so the third bottom team would be relegated do you understand what i mean so like i mean you you definitely get if there's a carrot for winning the Talton Cup. If you're just mid-table, you get promoted. If you're relegated, you don't get relegated. There's no question the situation that Brian is trying to, um, trying to say. He says if you drill down further, he's trying to say that you can get relegated from three down to four, win the Talton Cup and get promoted to two. That is not true. It's misinformation, Brian. It's not true. And then he has the absolute cheek to continue on. He says, I've spoken to some inter-county players and when I've explained to them the proposal, they've looked at me mesmerised and said, we weren't told that. They weren't told it because it's not true, Brian. You're making <laughs> this up. Like, I mean, this is what really frustrated me. I can't wait to talk to Brian because he's on record, Connor, giving out misinformation and telling people that players are amazed when they hear this.
1: Yeah, well, this is the problem. So, not only is there not enough information out there, there's actually misinformation out there from some of the key stakeholders. Do you know what I mean? So that's that—that's the problem. There was—you picked out that particular um, instance, Woolly, of, of what he was saying. What I—I I took another issue with. He was kind of saying that. Um, I think he said you could have a situation where a Division One team loses four or five games under this system, and the manager says to himself, "If I'm not going to take the top, make the top five, I'll take my chances. I'd rather be relegated." Because we make the championship next year if we finish in the top three, I and I was just like that, that. That's such a retrograde kind of you know. That's such a retrograde kind of scenario. What what manager would be thinking like that? Yeah. You know, like so, surely it's all about kind of um, long term development. You'd like no team no team wants to get relegated because the higher up they're playing, the better quality opposition they're playing all the time, and that's gonna that's gonna make them better and give them better chance of success as well. I mean, I I could drill like I could drill down into. You know, a lot of the stuff he said and I kind of, I, you know, poke holes in it, but I think you're going to be a better man to do that than me and looking forward to hearing what he has to say in response on Thursday.
0: Yeah. So, like, I mean, Brian, listen, I don't have a problem with Brian. Brian obviously doesn't like B. I passionately love B. So we're going to have a disagreement. I told him we'd have a, a lighthearted debate, which we will, or a, a good natured debate, which we will. Um, which would be absolutely no form, no harm. So I'm looking forward to have Brian on the show I'm to looking find. Looking forward to it as well. Really. <laughs> so, but like I mean, and, and we've talked about that before, Connor as well. I mean, why have Kildare been desperate to get out of Division Two into Division One? Why have Mead been desperate to get out of Division Two into Division One? Why have Galway, when they were in Division Two, so desperate to get out of it into Division One? Armagh, any of them? It's to play the top teams. You yeah. think this mad scenario that Brian is envis- envisaging that Armagh will say, here, do you know what? We've lost our first four games. We're not good enough for these teams. We'll go back into Division 2. We'll get first place in Division 2. Armagh, you're going to have to play those big teams in the quarter final, and you won't have yeah. played them all year and you're going to get beaten and then you're going to say, geez, you know what? We weren't playing the top teams and we're ju- you know we were taken by surprise. It's a much higher standard. I don't buy that. Um, I don't buy that at all I see zero disadvantage now I know I'm very uh, biased towards this plan B I see zero disadvantages outside of the prestige of the Ulster Championship because the other three I think can live with it the Ulster Championship has a prestige and I understand that's what Brian is probably trying to protect but at the same time if it's as special as they all say it is why can't it continue special why does it have to be connected to the All-Ireland if it's as good as they all say it is it should keep its prestige if the Ulster Championship is the Munst- like the Munster hurling championship. Do you know what I mean? It ha- it has to, yeah. or else it's not as good as they're saying, Connor? But the thing is, the thing is, as well, is that like the way it is at the moment, a lot
1: of the Ulster ch- Championship teams will be playing against each other in competitive games. You know, at the height of summer, anyway. I know it's not the Ulster Championship in its traditional form, but it's like it's like Ulster teams, like you know, high quality Ulster teams playing really competitive games against each other at the height of summer, which is. Exactly what you want. Like, th- there was another thing. Like, I, I completely, listen, I completely get the, the, the kind of prestige that like Ulster people put in their championship. It's the best championship, and certainly in football. Niall will never let me get away with saying it's better than the Munster Hurling championship, but we won't go there. But, you know, there was like, he said something else, as, as else as well. He's like, you lose your first three or four games, you're in danger of relegation, but you've already lost your main focus. And I was kind of like, how many games do you want? Like, yeah. do, do you know, like, it's if you're losing your first three or four games, well, then just like, You know, if you're you're on a you're on a bad path anyway, and it's probably that season is probably not going to go well for you. But it's just, I think you made the point there that like in terms of you you can't find any kind of you know you can't find zero fault with your proposal B. Like in terms of the options that are on the table, I know I'm biased as well because I support it as well, but I just can't see how anybody would put either the status quo. Or that other proposal A that nobody seems to support out in front of proposal B. Yeah,
0: me neither. Like, and again, if some of the things I've had issues with, Brian said, and Brian said something like, "It's the worst proposal he's ever seen go to Congress." Like, come on, Brian. Like, I mean, I'm definitely starting the interview with that quote: "The worst, the worst, yeah. worst proposal <laughs> he's ever seen come to Congress." Jesus, Brian. Anyways, listen, we look forward to that on, on Thursday. Colin Bonner has mm. finalised his backroom team. Um, he's named Tommy Don. Tommy Don is just a selfless servant of mm. Tipperary hurling, isn't he? He's that's his third management team now to be in under. He's not looking for any glory limelight. He's a very, very good coach. The Dublin lads loved him, and now he's back in again under a new management. And interesting, Colin Bonner said, "I have I've been a v- big fan of Tommy since our playing days together. And while I was keen to ensure some continuity to the setup, Tommy is really excited about the new approach we've been discussing over the last number of weeks." Yeah. What's this? What is this now? <laughs> well, I
2: couldn't tell you, Wooly. but um, all I can say is, like, when a, when a fella goes in as a selector or kind of in working with a team and not as the manager, I suppose you could nearly compare it to Stephen Rochford in with Donegal. It kind of says a lot about their sort of character, that they don't really want the headlines. They just kind of want to be involved. And, like, that seems to be the way with, with Tommy Dunn, definitely. And, guess um, like, you said there, Colin Bonner, he seems to be hitting all the right notes, like he yeah. said there's definitely, I'd say, there's no other county that takes their divisions as seriously as we do in Tipperary. And um, he has a man in the setup from each of the four divisions. Like, he's from the West and there's men from each of the other three as well. Johnny and,
0: Enright and Paul Curran. Paul Curran's still hurling
2: with uh, Mulnahone. With Mulnahone and Johnny Enright, a former Thurlis Sarsfields hurler. And I suppose the fact that, like, do you know, there's 32 senior teams in Woolley, in, in Tipperary, Wooly. So, like, it just goes to show, like, there could be. Um, A few players who might, you know, slip through the cracks. Maybe they didn't make it underage. They've um, done well for their club in the last few years. And like when you have a man from each division, like there's divisional championships in each of those divisions. So those lads will know... Who the hurlers are, and I suppose that will be a, a good thing for Tipperary hurling in, in general going forward. Like,
0: yeah, no, it definitely will. It's all about the it's all about the backroom team. Um, yeah, so big big fan of Colin Bonner so far. There's no point. I don't want to be disrespectful, to Colin Bonner. Almost underwhelming choice, but everything he's been saying since he got it, and his Tommy Dunn back in. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, you start be looking at that. Um, you know, a little bit more enthusiastically. Uh, last story of the day before we get into Porek Mahoney. Shane Curran, like, you man, these lads are just addicted to it. Like, I mean, it's. it's I was looking at Ricey McManaman, it looks like he's going to be in with Cavan. He finished playing, he, he, he managed a ladies football team and then he went in under... Uh, Rory Gallagher and then he managed for Manor, and now he's gone maybe in under yeah. Mickey Graham and, and Shane Curran's been around the block. Just love coaching and managing. Um he's after managing geez, I'll be killed in Westmead for pronouncing this wrong. C A U L R R Y, Cowlery I never heard of that club before. They've, they've made the knockout stages in the Westmead uh, Championship for the first time in their history. That's probably why I've never heard of them. Um, Shane Curran gets a red card to get a last minute goal. <laughs> Curran's already in the stand, Connor uh, They draw two 210 to 113 against Neighbours Moat. And all this is kicking off in Westmead. Curran's in the stand, the last minute penalty. And nobody really, no one in the country knows of all these little subplots that are going on all over the place.
1: But yeah, drama drama and Shane Curran going hand in hand straight <laughs> see. I wonder did like I, I was just looking into it and I couldn't I didn't get any, you know, revelations on why he was exactly red carded, but I'm sure it was a a
0: cool calm and collected argument he might have had with an official um, one the... day. <laughs> yeah, they looked out. Another li- nice little story out of this. One of the goals, Cowley. Any better pronunciation of this, lads? Am I right, uh, feeling, uh, uh, anyway. No, I'm going to leave you to it. Let you suffer this. I'll, one, I'll, I'll have about four DMs yeah. by the end of tonight. <laughs> <have> none. <laughs> <person>. <laughs> one of Cowley's goals was scored by Ali Baker's son, which is incredible. I'm pretty sure he's a. Um, He's a, an inspector, a guard or something, Ollie is in Westmead, somewhere like that. So his son is playing football. I would have thought this that would have been banned in the Baker House. He's uh, seen the light. He's <laughs> <you've> seen <laughs> the light. Another little, another nice little story. Anyways, I thought it would be a nice one to finish with there. Um, we'll, leave, we'll leave it there, lads, and we'll come back with Porik Mahoney. So Bally Gunner won eight in a row yesterday, as we know, and Porik Mahoney scored nine points and he joins us on the line now. How's it going, Porek?
3: Good, Colin. Yourself?
0: All good, all good. How's the head today?
3: Eh, not too bad now, not too bad. Um, the early closing of the pubs is a good thing, I think. <laughs> uh, especially uh, <laughs> moving on in the years now, so um, the earlier you're home, the better. So. But look, no, we had we had a, a good bit of crack last night and um, you know, I think moments like that, like this you really have to enjoy and celebrate and you know after a long year a lot of hard work on it so um yeah it's great to get get a reward at the end of it
0: and and what's the plan for today obviously you're you're a little bit fresher than you would if there were later pub times like i presume you have it's 8 in a row you have the day after kind of scheduled down to a down to a tea at this stage
3: yeah we do we do um i suppose we're after getting familiar with the routine over the last number of years but um yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll meet up there later later today, um, and just go down to one of the local pubs for a few more points, I suppose, and a little bit more celebration. But there's a few of us actually heading off to Por- Portugal there tomorrow morning, so we'll have to wrap it up pretty early there this evening. So, um, so we're fresh for the flight in the morning.
0: Jesus, this eight week gap until the Munster Club—you're making sure you take advantage of that, anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's strange, I suppose, because normally in previous years you're kind of straight into the Munster Club where i suppose you're you're you know you're obviously coming you have to come quickly down after after the high i suppose of of the victory and you're back training two or three days later but i suppose in this situation now we can have a little bit of break and probably no harm um clear up a few little niggles and injuries that we have within the squad so i suppose we'll just have to make the most of it really and um you know get back training next week and and put the heads down and um you know i suppose it's going to be difficult to to prepare compared to previous years but um, there's a good set up there and, and I'm sure the lads will, are already working on a plan to make sure that we're ready for seven weeks time
0: yeah it is a bit of a disadvantage for you guys though isn't it like eight weeks is an awful break it's almost like the break after winning a Munster to an All-Ireland semi-final which is a terrible wait as well like I mean you, you obviously in Waterford played a hurling off first it's not much of an advantage to you to you guys in Ballygunner
3: not really I suppose we do have a lot of the lads who are involved with golf here in the football as well so um, it's going to be difficult to manage that in terms of numbers and and you know getting lads, get, you know getting the full group together. But as I said, the likes of Shave, Patrick, and David Franks, these lads, you know, they're 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 well used to the big stage and getting getting teams to to, to their pitch when when it's needed. So I, I, I'm happy to leave it in their hands now, and um, I'm sure they'll 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 have a plan. To, to make sure that we're, we're in peak peak condition, peak performance for a for weeks' time.
0: Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about today, mentioning the schedules. Has the tradition of going to the schools with the Cup, is that is that not back up running again, with obviously with some restrictions still still in place?
3: Yeah, no, unfortunately it's not. Um, uh, obviously, going up to Ballygunner National School and, and down to the Gwale School has always been a ritual on the Monday after our county final, but um, unfortunately with the COVID restrictions it's not, but I'm sure the couple will probably um, be in the, sco- in, in, in the school at some stage this week, all right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it, pro- it probably will. You're winning the finals pretty easily uh, now, Park. I know, like, I mean, y- you know, every county final is going to be difficult. Uh, I saw Stephen O'Keefe and your manager talking about focusing on a good start. Is that kind of the way you, you see it? Not give these underdogs any hope and just kind of, you know, blow it out of, their, out, out of the water early?
3: Yeah, look, I suppose every game you kind of have different strategies and different plans and different approaches to the games. And, and yesterday, obviously, we, you know, I suppose we said we need to we need to really, you know, lay down our marker from, from the minute the ball is thrown in. And I suppose we did kind of, we went pretty aggressively at the start. Um, Obviously, you know, you see Ty Foley playing cornerback and next minute he's up in the full forward and giving a pass to Desi for the goal. And I suppose we kind of just, you know, it was kind of shackles off really in the first five or ten minutes, and and there was a strong breeze there in Much Park yesterday, so we knew that like if if, if we did if we did stand back and let no more get on top of us, that before we know it, we could have been four, five, six points down, and, and all of a sudden you're chasing the game. So, um, yeah, we we did put a, a lot of emphasis on on the start yesterday, and it, it is nice when you when you. You talk about something during the week, and then it actually pays off on the day.
0: Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. And like, I mean, you're wearing number fifteen. You're drifting around. You almost like you have a little a free, whatever role you want. You like to to get it across to Desi as soon as possible. I think you all like to get it across to Desi as soon as possible.
3: Yeah, well, I suppose when you have Desi in the form, like he's in there yesterday, why wouldn't you feed him the ball? You know, yeah. and um, but like it, it's it's you know you look back over the last couple of games, I suppose, and it hasn't just been Desi, you know a lot of the younger lads really have stepped up to the plate this year and um, you know when leadership was needed it wasn't the kind of the I suppose the lads who were there the last you know six or seven eight years it was it was the lads that are there the last one or two years and that was really great to see and um, you know I suppose they're the lads that kind of keep the older lads motivated and, and keep pushing us and training and you know, ultimately they're getting the best out of, out of us and, and we're hopefully getting the best out of them. So there's, there's a nice balance there at the moment.
0: Yeah, there is a nice balance. And like, I mean, there's a lot of talk, obviously with younger players coming through that this dominance doesn't look like it's, it's going to stop. And, you know, it ha- had the same thing in Leash with Port Leash. They got nine in a row before they were beaten and then won another three. Like some people say the dominance isn't good for Waterford Hurling. Then you suppose you look at your county team and the county team's flying it. So I don't know how the two kind of marry together.
3: Yeah, like I—I uh, I don't know. Uh, people say it's not good for Waterford hurling. Like when you—you you look at the Waterford championship this year, I think it's been a great championship. Um, you know, we—we were—we were, I suppose, backs to the wall in the last two games against Formula Water in the quarterfinal and Mountsign in the semifinal, and you know, a pocket of ball either way. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, decided them games, and so there's certainly the gap that people may talk about. Uh, yes, looking in from the outside, yesterday, you might—you might think there's a gap there, but there's certainly not, and there's. You know, there's five or six teams there that you know uh, on any given day can can beat anyone, and and to me, to me, the Warford Championship is is stronger than it's ever been at the moment.
0: Yeah, you definitely. You seem to have a right uh, set up in that. Even like Barry Coughlin retired, he probably would have had a couple more years. Your brother Philip retired, he would have had a couple more years. Stephen O'Keefe announced his retirement on TG Caher after the game yesterday. I thought he'd be back uh, with Waterford. The great thing, I suppose, that Bally Gunner players have is that they know they're going to have, you know, a good season and be playing high level hurling, you know, um, towards the latter end of the season. So it maybe it makes the decision for those lads to finish up with the county that little bit easier.
3: Yeah, maybe. And I, I suppose, you know, we, we set high standards in Ballygunner as well. And it, it can be quite demanding and challenging to kind of stay up to the kind of level of Intercounty and then carry that right through to the club season. So really you're like you say there it's it's you could be talking 10 11 months of the year where you're with very little downtime and i suppose ultimately the likes of Barry Philip, and Stephen have, have made that call knowing that with, with comfort that Ballygunner is going to be still at um you know a high intensity and a high level and, and trying to achieve something so i suppose it does make it a little bit easier but um yeah so i, I suppose in, in the overall p- bigger picture like it's um we're very, very fortunate that we can go up to the pitch in Ballygunner and and that there's you know such good club men there that are keep driving it on every year. Same same heads are there and and ultimately we're we're just really really lucky that we're part of this setup at the moment.
0: Barry Cochran in his speech uh, yesterday thanked the management team, the backroom team, and the performance team. What the hell is going on here? What kind of a what kind of a backroom team do you guys have?
3: I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's anything outside of the, the norm, anyways. But it's a uh, as i said we're, we're very very fortunate that you know david franks has obviously done with us for the last five years and he's he's like a, a, one of our own club mates at this stage Um, you know he's just part of the furniture now here and we're very very lucky to have dave and and then you know there's a, as i said there's a lot of a lot of experience and, and, and knowledge within the valley um within the valley gunner club and, and thankfully we're able to pull on a lot of resources from that and you know the likes of Tygo Sullivan, for example. From we're very, very fortunate with the likes of Tygo and Sinead Fitzpatrick, Sh- Siobhan and Shane Fitzpatrick. Like you know, what a family they are. From a doctors, physios, trainers, they they have it all, and and we're, we're we're just lucky at the moment that 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 they're all in the club at the one time.
0: Yeah, you need the physios, anyways. After the year um, you're after having, so how do, how are you feeling now? Yeah,
3: not, not too bad, not too bad. The knee is very good, um, which is obviously the being the top priority has been getting that right. Um, but you know yourself, when you come back from a, a long-term injury, you start picking up little niggles here and there. So I suppose, like you say there, I, I think Siobhan is uh, sick of seeing me now uh, every night for the last five or six weeks just to get me onto the field. And I'm obviously very, very grateful of the work that they've done over the last number of weeks because um, we haven't got a huge volume of training done. So hopefully now um, with a little bit of rest over the next week and then we will start getting some... Um, high high level of training and in four club
0: you've had the weirdest kind of uh, year in that you missed no county you missed no club uh, hurling whatsoever you won the county final last year um, and now you're back to win it again this year but you've missed two winter county seasons like I mean with the the way the winter championship happened last year this one bloody injury which happened last October just before the last year's uh, November December championship and ran through to miss two seasons
3: yeah, it was unfortunate. Um, no doubt about it, and obviously, especially last year it was extremely tough because it was so close to the to the championship when it happened. I think it was it was I think it was two weeks out from the first round of the Munster Championship against Cork. So it was extremely difficult. I suppose you had more kind of time then to prepare yourself for you know the, the games this year, and I suppose it's um, a little bit different to Standing sitting in the in the stand as a spectator and. I was. I would have gone to a couple of games with tied to work and I suppose the us was kind of looking at each other and kind of saying, Jesus, we're after, we're after getting kind of a, a, a tough deal of it here. But that's just sport, I suppose. And as I said, yeah, it made yesterday all the sweeter too after, you know, watching a lot of hurling over the last, say, 12 months and to get back out there yesterday is, and just to be, you know, I suppose close to your full fitness, it, it, it's just
0: great. Did, like t- talk to me about how the injury happened? Because it was in a challenge game against Wexford, like you said, just before the championship. And from reading stuff you've said, like I mean, you felt a twinge when you reached in, uh, I think to to t- to tackle and played on, and then felt it again when you gave a hand pass. Like these cruciates are happening. I, I I can't get my head around them. They're happening so innocuously, and you're out a year, even though it doesn't feel like that bloody much on the field.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mad, I suppose. like I, I didn't, you know, normally you'd hear people twisting or they'd jump up for a ball and they'd land awkwardly on it. I was literally just running after someone and like, literally put my hurley in to try and intercept the, the ball off off um, the opponent. And next minute, I just felt someone in the back of my knee. I suppose you had a, an excruciating pain for maybe 20, 30 seconds and thought none of it then. I kind of was saying to myself, Jesus, I'm after, you know, make a show of myself here with a little bit of a roar. Like, and next minute, all of a sudden, I'm back up playing. And then I just took it, went the turn again, then. And uh, should they say you could you could run a marathon like with, with a cruciate, with your cruciate gone, it's just because it, it, it's it's you can run straight lines. It's just if you turn, you 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 will know all about it fairly quickly. And yeah, I, I don't know why I don't know why it's so prominent in, in sport. Now we obviously had um Tim O'Sullivan done his his ACL for Ballygunner this year, and the same kind of thing just in a in a challenge match didn't look to be anything in it at all. And next minute all of a sudden two days later he gets a scanner and his ACL is torn so I don't know I don't know, it's, 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 is it the training or, or what, what, yeah. what it is but there's I'm sure there's plenty of different theories out there,
0: and do, and do the, the same the, way it's happening yeah. so much but. Do, do the surgeons when you go in and talk to them, do they have any explanation or do they understand how especially in your case where you just kind of you were just kind of running, like do they have any understanding or uh, theories on how, yeah. how it would happen?
3: They say like I don't I don't they, I didn't really ask too many questions on it, but I suppose maybe we were doing a heavy block of training at the time at Walford and so maybe because I suppose we were kind of after being you know I suppose away from each other for so long that we probably were trying to catch up on a couple of weeks training and and squash it into kind of a, a short period of time. Maybe that I was a bit fatigued playing that match. I don't know, um, but really it's just unlucky. That's the that, surgeon was saying. Tell, tig was telling me that look, you were just very unlucky. There's there's not you know, there's no real reason to say why it happened. Um or there's no nothing to say that you had a weakness there or, or, or anything in particular. It's just an unfortunate kind of turn and, and next moment all of a sudden it's, it tears and there's no relaxation
0: bar. Yeah, and like I mean, just to last on this, to, out of curiosity, say if you had when you felt that excruciating pain, if you had gone off at that stage, would you would you have been in a better situation than if when you know you felt the pain again, or like even for players listening to this, like I mean, the minute you feel that excruciating pain in your knee, just go off, you know, it, it'll go away. Yeah, but yeah. that I don't maybe not enough players understand, you know, what that is. Maybe
3: yeah, maybe yeah, yeah that's true. I, and I suppose. You know, they they tell you, I suppose, when when whether you, you you slightly do your ACL or whether you completely tear it, it's still you still have to go under the same procedure, same operation. All ah, so right. I suppose that the timelines are are the recovery time period. I don't think it's going to be any different. You know, it, they say now you nearly need to give it the nine months, like um, before you can kind of go back into full contact play, like so, um. I don't think I'd done it any worse. I obviously tied the work when he done it in the All-Ireland Final um, against Limerick. He, he obviously, he 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 went, um, done it, and went the same thing, went try and play again and then felt it again. Like So I don't think it was, it, it would have made any difference if he went off the first time, for example.
0: Yeah, no, I get you. And Peter Casey obviously did his in the All-Ireland Final and he was tipping away trying to stay, run it off. <laughs> I mean, isn't it mad Do you think in your head you can run off an injury that keeps you out for nearly a year? Yeah.
3: I suppose it's just in, in the heat of the moment, like, all Ireland final, you'd literally do anything to, be, to stay on the field and I suppose that's why the two lads have probably tried to go again, even though they, deep down, they probably knew that, you know, they were in bother, but, you know, I suppose the last thing you want to turn around in, in, in a week, in a week after all Ireland, and all of a sudden you're fine again, you know, and you could have played on, so I suppose you're kind of, you're willing to do whatever it takes to kind of stay on the field.
0: Yeah. So you like. I mean, it even added more heartbreak to you. You were supposed to be captain that year, and you stayed involved with the team. You were in. You know, pretty much. Liam asked you to stay involved, and then 2021 season, you watched it with Teague in the stand. You didn't want. Did you want that separation away from the panel, or you just didn't want to be around a fo- two years in a row, kind of injured?
3: Yes, yeah, well, I suppose I probably just needed to. For myself, uh, more than anything, really, I just had to be a little bit selfish about last year and just, you know, completely focus on my rehab. Um, and it is, you know, anyone that you talk to about the ACL, you kind of get one opportunity to get it right, um, and the rehab program is is pretty intense. Like you're 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 at it every day. Um, I I suppose for myself, I I was b- kept busy with work, and and I wanted to kind of just make sure that between mornings and evenings, I had it free for myself to. To control my own rehab program, so I I suppose I I completely stepped away from Walford and from Ballygunner for the initial periods of of this year, Um, and I think you know it probably paid probably paid off in the end because you know I'm 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 happy with the position I'm in right now.
0: Right. Okay. So you kind of do your recovery on your own time rather than having to go to training, you know, to to meet up to do it that way.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, and I suppose it's kind of fortunately enough, I we. Philip and I, we put a gym into the house there um, last March, just before the lockdown came in. And so I suppose I was able to, I had everything kind of, um, you know, I suppose to, with ease to kind of do the rehab. So it kind of just made sense then to kind of to do it at home. And, um, but, you know, because I could juggle around with work and things like that. So it just suited, it was what suited best.
0: So, Camille, you kept Liam Cahill, which I'm sure you're all delighted about. What was the the player's WhatsApp group like in around the time when he was uh, potentially talking to Tipperary?
3: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Like, I I suppose everyone was kind of in the middle of the kind of club championship, uh, preparing for the club championship at the time. So it was kind of, you know, yourself, obviously, when you're you're involved in the the inter-county setup, it's kind of like for seven or eight months of the year, you're kind of like, you know you're you're talking daily and and you're you're basically living with each other for 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 that period and then all of a sudden you go back to the clubs and it's, it's you kind of distance a, li- a little bit yeah but I suppose during that kind of period everyone was kind of on to each other you know hope will he stay and and what are they here and kind of nearly more than anything you know and I suppose um just a kind of a bit of relief there as well when he did stay on because it's it's obviously does huge work on in the last two years so um And obviously the players are kind of eager to, to drive on from that. So we're we're delighted that, that Liam is, is is staying on.
0: Yeah, and I suppose his reasons for staying on, like, I mean, he pointed out that his reasons for staying on is his loyalty to you players. Like, I'm sure you'll run through a wall for him next year that he's turned down his own county because he's created this bond, you know, with, with you guys and speaks so highly of you.
3: Yeah, no, it definitely was a real statement from Liam. And, and. Um, I suppose a a conference booster for the players if they ever need one. Really, that you know the Liam has full faith in in the squad that's there, and I suppose um, it's really back, back to the players now to kind of you know to, to to pay him back. I suppose and and in terms of just the application when it comes to you know when when the when the panel does regroup um, and and you know just making sure that you're giving all to to make sure that you know. We can drive on from from twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because like, I mean, most people would agree you're the second. Like, you've gone from probably when you lost the All Ireland final to Galway, you went through a few poor years then, and he came in, and like the the, the transformation, you know, has been incredible. Like, most people would have you second to Limerick, you know, in the country on the form of you know since he's took since he's taken over.
3: Yeah, look, every year is different, and and I suppose when when you are at the kind of um, the top table there you Know competing with the likes of Limerick and Cork and Galway and Kenny to I suppose every year then kind of you know, now teams are going to be analysing Water in a lot more detail, um, like they would be with Limerick. So, I suppose really, Waterford are really back in the pack now at the moment. And, and you know, if we think that we're, we're we've a right to be up up there with Limerick every 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 year, well, I think very quickly we'll, we'll be brought back uh, down a peg or two. So, it's really just getting that foundations right now and and you know getting that pre-season working and um you know just making sure that that the team is uh, equipped as best as possible for for the for the national league and then bringing in the championship
0: yeah exactly finally before i let you go like i mean i, I think it was the it was Quealy, the 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 manager the the Ratmo or the Ron Moore manager he was yeah. talking about you being all Ireland, uh, you know, all Ireland champions in the making. Now I know you're not going to say something like that because you know that that would be a bit stupid on on your point of view. But I presume at the start of the year for Ballygunner now, like I mean, you won a Munster, you almost beat Ballyhale Shamrocks, and then you lost the Munster final. It was in a, a, a terrible day, and then COVID hit. Like I presume at the start of the year, like I mean, you want that all Ireland title that you, without getting, you know, I don't, I'm not looking for you to get ahead of yourself, but like I'm sure that like that's a burn, something burning at you guys.
3: Now. Yeah, it is. I suppose. Look, at every team that you know has has aspirations of, of going to the whole way, and we're no different to that. But I, I, look, I, I think the reason why you know we've been pretty much successful in, in Walford is that we, we we really are. We do take every game as it comes, and and I know it's easy to say that here now, and it's kind of it's the I suppose sitting on the fence a little bit with with, with that answer. But it is the reality of it with Ballygunner, and I think that's why we. We complacency is one thing that we kind of pride ourselves on, in that we don't let it seep into the into the setup. And um, no matter who we're playing, what stage it is at, you know, we're 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 making sure that we're 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 at the pitch and and you know where we need to be in terms of our preparations and performances. So, like obviously, um, we'll now if the next step for us is, is is to focus in on the next seven or eight weeks and and get ready for the clear champions and in in the quarter final the Muscle championship and. You know, hopefully, hopefully we can um, progress further, further than that, and and that's that's ultimately will be the goal.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure you will. You'll be right in the mix, anyways. Come here, Porick. I won't keep you any longer. Thanks for it's. Uh, thanks very much for taking the call. Good to see you back on the field, uh, winning again.
3: Cheers, Gordon. Thank you.
0: Great stuff from porick there. Right, we'll leave it there. That's all we've time for today. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Brian McAvoy, um is going to be on on Thursday um, to talk about championship structures. So I'll be able to have a bit of an argument with him. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. But this little dink
1: ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest.
0: Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, what not you ask to do, hopefully? Really? Yeah.
1: Have you ever rang me? And they're roared to me, I hey, cover you, free state bastard. <laughs>
0: and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>